Hello, sports historians, and welcome to Audio Video Podcast number 82 of Sports Stories with Denny Lennon. We'll be back next week with another of our highly popular baseball specials, but this week we're celebrating the one-year anniversary of Sports Stories hosting the 90th AAU Sullivan Award. The AAU James E. Sullivan Award has been presented to the most outstanding amateur athlete in the United States since 1930. Yes, 1930. It was in fact exactly a year ago, April 29 of 2020, that for the first time ever in the history of the Sullivan Awards, they would be presented virtually. Of course, it was due to the COVID pandemic that changed the venue from the New York Athletic Club to the World Wide Web, or more specifically, our Facebook site, or even more specifically, the physical location where we hosted the event, what was then the 7428 Studio and what is now the rededicated Buck Studios which we all know operates in the shadow of LAX in the beautiful Sentinel Adobe Corridor. Okay, we want to dedicate this episode to the late great president of the Amateur Athletic Union, who so capably stewarded this award and the organization. Dr. Roger Gowdy will forever be remembered as one of the greatest leaders in the history of the AAU. We miss you, and we love you, Roger. I'm a Venice, California-born, Los Angeles-based sports fan, one that has played, coached, announced, and promoted sports my whole life. My love affair with sports started in my own backyard and has led me to this podcast. Thanks to the support of the Amateur Athletic Union in East Bay, I'm excited to bring you Sports Stories with Denny Lennon. Welcome to the 90th Annual AAU James E. Sullivan Award. Every year, the Amateur Athletic Union honors the best in amateur athletics. But as you know, this is not every year. This year, the show must go on with some minor modifications. Oh, we're still going to honor the 10 women and men who represent all that is great about amateur competition in America. And at the end of this hour, one of these magnificent 10 will be named our 90th winner, joining an impressive list of sporting icons. The 10 are from everywhere, the East Coast, the West Coast, the Midwest, the Southeast. The USA is well represented. Usually we're overlooking Central Park as we present this honor at the New York Athletic Club. As you might imagine, we're facing unique circumstances this year. So we're bringing you a different kind of event from Los Angeles. The Magnificent 10 play football, rhythmic gymnastics, gymnastics, basketball, wrestling, swimming, lacrosse, track and field, and volleyball. We're glad you're with us, so let's get started. And now to your host for tonight's proceedings, Denny Lennon. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the 90th AAU James E. Sullivan Awards. It's a different presentation this year at this iconic event which is presented by East Bay, is being brought to you in a different way. And we hope everybody enjoys the show. Okay, we're off and running. You know what? I think it's time to head to the uh, AAU National Headquarters in Orlando, Florida, where, from the great state of Ohio, it's the President and Chief Executive Officer of the Amateur Athletic Union, Dr. Roger Gowdy. Where are you at, Gowdy? Welcome. 
We're down here in beautiful, sunny Florida on the beautiful campus of the Walt Disney World Complex at the AAU's National Headquarters at 1910 Hotel Plaza Boulevard. And we're starting this program in the Hall of the Sullivan Award winners of the AAU, which has been around since 1888. Coming down the hall a little bit further, up on the upper shelves, you'll normally see the Sullivan Award trophy. Not here today because we have to present it. So we have to get a new one. But the Sullivan Award usually sits right here in our front lobby, right by our good friend from the Walt Disney World Company, Mickey Mouse. He's here with us, and he's uh, keep, keep keeping an eye on the Sullivan Award. And one of those uh, visuals is past Sullivan Award winners. Last year's winner, 2018, Miss Catherine Plummer's up there. Who will be there next year? Who will be this year's winner that we add on this? So when you come down to Orlando, Florida to visit the Walt Disney World, you can come in here and see for the rest of time, you can see your picture on there. Well, I got to thank a couple of people while we're here. Number one is our presenting sponsor, the East Bay Company. They've been wonderful to us. They've been through, through thick and thin, going through all these challenging times with us. And we're just proud to have East Bay as not a sponsor, but one of our partners and a presenting sponsor of this award tonight. But it's time to get on with the show, and you'll see me at the end when we announce the winner and see who is going to go up on that wall next. So now I'm going to throw it back to Denny Lennon, our MC for tonight, out in Los Angeles, California, and Miss Melissa Willis, our uh, Sullivan Award Chairman in Fairport Harbor, Ohio. All right, thank you, Roger. It was nice to take a little trip around the office. You know, let's, uh, I'm gonna take the ball and move it right into Northeast Ohio. So right near Cleveland there is the national chair of the AAU Sullivan Award, Miss Melissa Willis. Lady chair. Hello, hello from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, thank you, Jenny, and thank you, Dr. Gowdy. I just had these chills as you were walking around those hallways. I love when I visit there and you go through and you just look at all of those names. It's just absolutely amazing, the history uh, behind this award. So we are very appreciative and thankful that we could be doing this live from LA with Jenny Lennon. So thank you to uh, Denny and all of your crew there for making this happen. And, you know, the exciting part about this is we have a lot more people who could join in the actual ceremony with us. So for that, we are forever grateful. And for the athletes, for all of you, I mean, we watch you, we cheer for you, we cry for you, we laugh with you, we celebrate with you. I mean, we are with you, you know, all of the time watching your accomplishments and are so, so proud you unify us as athletes. And I think that's one of the uh, greatest things in the world is sports and the unification that it brings for everybody. And we'll get there again uh, very, very soon. So, I mean, from the West Coast to the East Coast, from track and field to rhythmic you know, gymnastics, you inspire us. I mean, not just, not just today, but every single day you inspire us. You inspire us by your stories, by your dedication, overcoming obstacles, by your discipline, by your just quest for greatness and for just taking everything to the next level. You inspire us all. So let's turn it over to you, Denny, and let's hear a little bit more about the history of this amazing award. In 1930, the very first winner of the AAU Sullivan Award was Bobby Jones. He completed what was then known as the Grand Slam of golf. Now, you might know him better as a founder of Augusta National, home to the Masters. 
Right now we have somebody who is the most recent winner. Uh, and many of you may know her as the greatest collegiate volleyball player ever. Three-time national title winner and a two-time national player of the year. Last year's AAU Sullivan Award winner. We go to Alisa Viejo in Orange County, California. And welcome in Catherine Plummer. Hi, guys. Hi, Catherine. How are you? I, I only have a little pin, but you seem to have a very nice medal there. Yes, I've got a medal from last year, some swag from last year. I'm happy to be here. Excellent. I bet you could um, lend a little bit of uh, knowledge to all of those that are, are waiting in our dugout on our queue right now about what it's like to be waiting there and going through the ceremony. Yeah, I mean, I can't speak to what this year holds for them. Um, I can only speak of my experience last year in New York City at the Athletic Club. Um, but I think that everyone here is truly an amazing athlete. But I think that what that video showed as well is that we're all incredible people um, and we're people of character. And I think that's important to recognize just with that whole group is that you're there for a reason and you deserve it. Um, whoever wins, wins. But everyone there is truly outstanding. So, so we're in the, you know, a different year, obviously this year, but why don't you um, uh, fill in uh, those that are watching and, and our athletes that are uh, in the queue there, tell them a little bit what it was like to interact with the other athletes last year in New York. It was really fun. Um, we got to do things outside of our sport, get to learn other sports and how their lifestyles are. Um, we got to, we got, we went on a laser tag adventure. And so we got to figure out different stuff with, other athletes that we wouldn't have necessarily had the opportunity to. We took a huge tour around New York City, um, got to meet everyone's families and how they like live their lives. Um, and so I think it was super special for me just because I got to meet people that I would have never met just because I'm so in with volleyball. You, you won the um, AAU Sullivan Award last year. You've won another NCAA title and then moved into uh, playing international and uh, starting to train with the, the national team a little bit. Uh, fill everybody in where things stand. Obviously, it's, uh, you know, it's, a, it's a little bit of a hiccup we got going right now. But um, tell everybody about what you've been doing since, since you uh, have moved on from Stanford. So after I graduated from Stanford in December, I moved to Italy to, put, to play professional volleyball. Um, I was there for about two months, and then I kind of packed up and came home when all the, the – the whole global pandemic hit, um, which all of us are experiencing right now, experiencing right now. But right now I'm training in my garage, trying to make the most out of the situation. And hopefully we can get back to playing our sports soon. Catherine, it was nice of you to uh, come on with us today. Congratulations uh, again for last year's award. And, and thanks for being here. That was nice of you. Awesome. Thank you guys. Good luck to everybody. Later, KP. Now it's time to meet the Magnificent Ten. We got 10 uh, of the best across the country, nation's top uh, athletes. I think we should show a highlight video of it. Chicago's Evita Gurishkenis comes from the sport of rhythmic gymnastics, where she won five medals at the Pan American Games and secured a spot in the Tokyo Olympics with her performance at the World Championships. Track and field's Grant Holloway won eight national collegiate titles as an individual, helping the Florida Gators win four national championships as a team during his time in Gainesville. Basketball's Marcus Howard was player of the year in the Big East Conference and a consensus first-team All-American. The Marquette standout finished his college career tops among current players with 2,761 points. Oregon's Sabrina Ionescu capped her iconic college hoops career with the kind of triple-quadruple 
that no other male or female collegian has equaled. But it was a heartfelt eulogy to a special friend that everyone remembers. Clemson's Trevor Lawrence delivered perhaps the most impressive two-year start for a quarterback in college history. But the feeling that he has unfinished business keeps him hungry as he returns for his junior campaign and then a possible high pick in next year's NFL draft. Iowa's Spencer Lee is a two-time defending NCAA wrestling champ with an overall record of 63-5 for the Hawkeyes. He might have won a third collegiate title if the COVID virus didn't wipe out the current season. Wisconsin Volleyball's Dana Retke is a three-time first-team All-American who helped the Badgers reach the NCAA Finals. And that led to a stint with Team USA, where she was the youngest player on the roster. UCLA gymnast Kyla Ross is the first woman to win the three most prestigious titles in her sport. She was an Olympian before she was a collegian and leaves behind a record of excellence at every level. Speaking of excellence, Megan Taylor of Maryland Lacrosse recently wrapped up a career full of individual milestones and championship glory as she embarks on a new journey in her sport. And Cal swimmer Abby Weitzel was also an Olympian before she began college and then went on to capture four NCAA titles for the Golden Bears, winning the award for the nation's most outstanding collegiate swimmer. Wow, that's a crazy lineup, huh? Unbelievable what we have uh, going tonight. So we're going to get a chance to see a little bit more about each of them and talk to them for a couple minutes. Let's get the lineup going. Our leadoff is Evita Grishkinis. Evita Grishkinis. I know. Rhythmic Gymnastics. The most decorated athlete of the 2019 Pan American Games, Evita Grishkinis won four golds and a bronze in the competition, taking home the Next Gen Female Athlete Award in the process. And with her performance at the World Championships, she earned a spot on the Team USA roster for the now delayed Tokyo Olympics. It is a lot of success at a young age, but perhaps not surprising when you consider that Evita took up the sport at three years old and was hooked. What followed was a rapid climb through junior, national, and international competitions until she can now call herself an Olympian. Evita is a graduate of Carl Sandburg High School in her native Chicago area, where she was an honors advanced placement student and was named an Illinois State Scholar. Hi, Evita. Hello. Did anybody that you can remember butcher your name as bad as I did right there? Hmm, tough question. <laughs> <laughs> right out of the gate, right out of the gate. Um, congratulations on your successes. I have a question for you. What, what um, don't most people understand about your sport? Uh, I think quite a few people have the misconception that it's just a dance with ribbon where you, there's nothing wrong with dancing with a ribbon, of course, uh, but they, I think, sometimes misunderstand the amount of training that goes into it, including the strength training and conditioning and um, so many other aspects of the sport, and I think sometimes they're overlooked. Well, you, you know, it's got to make you proud to be nominated amongst the, the, the top athletes. Uh, tell me a little bit about some of the people that helped you get to this position. Oh, wow. Right at it with the hard questions. <laughs> There's a lot of people. Uh, for one, I guess my family, um, because they're the ones who support me no matter what and no matter what I do. And they've always been there for me and they listen to my ups and they cheer me with my downs. Oh, 
That was incorrect. They cheer me with my ups and they listen to my downs. There we go. That sounded really bad. My apologies. Um, and then I'd like to say that my coaches, of course, because uh, my coach Natalia Klimuk and uh, Angelina Yovchiva and uh, Danny, they have been with me since I was four years old and they've held my hand through all of the levels and steps uh, that I've had to take uh, both small and big. And of course, uh, all of my friends and teachers and just everyone who's really supported me on this journey because it's sometimes difficult with school and to have wonderful support from the academic community is really important. That was that was well said. Um, I bet it's gotta be tough to be training during this this quarantine er era. Can you, can you talk a little bit about what training you do at this time? Of course, um, so it's really interesting. I'm working out of my basement, which is slightly not ideal. Um, typically in rhythmic gymnastics, we have uh, a carpet and we have a really, really high ceiling. Um, I tell you how many meters it is, but I'm not sure. Think of a basketball arena. That's something that we use when we compete um, to have a high ceiling for our tosses. So right now I'm working a lot on cross training. I'm working on uh, ballet, strength and conditioning, um, various high intensity interval trainings. We're working through Zoom with our uh, coaches and actually other rhythmic gymnasts and experts in the sport um, from all over the world. And uh, yeah, that's how it works. And when it's nice and sunny outside, although in Chicago it's been rainy recently, I try to go outside on the field by my house and do some tosses. Well, Avina, we certainly thank you for being here today. Congratulations on being nominated. And we, uh, we will move on to the next one, but and we might see at the end of the show, never know. Get a chance to watch a video for NCAA and world champion in track and field, Grant Holloway. Grant Holloway, track and field. In 2019, Grant Holloway finished one of the most impressive and versatile track and field careers in the history of the University of Florida. In all, he won eight NCAA championships in four different events for the Gators, setting new collegiate hurdles records in both the 60 and 110 meter disciplines. Team-wise, Grant won four national championships in Gainesville, two indoors and two outdoors. Holloway is the only man in history to break 13-10 in the 110 hurdles and long jump eight plus meters in a career. Soon thereafter, he turned pro and dominated as a newcomer at that level as well. Coming home from the 2019 World Championships with the gold medal in the 110 hurdles. This makes Holloway the defending world champion heading into the Tokyo Olympics. Grant Holloway is from Chesapeake, Virginia. And now we get a chance to talk to him. How you doing, Grant? Doing good, doing good. How are you doing today? Pretty good. You look nice. I appreciate it. Or in the video check, you know, you 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 dress up okay. <laughs> Grant, it's got to be a different world running uh, in the world championships than it was in uh, in the NCAA's. You've done particularly well in both. Tell me a little bit about the transition from one to the other. Yeah, the transition was um, it was pretty tough, you know, just just you know getting used to just traveling across the world. You know, most me most track meets now are overseas, usually in Europe. So, you know, my first couple of meets, they were in Europe. So I just had to get used to the traveling, the jet lag, you know, different time, uh, the different time changes. But um, mostly after that, uh, running, running is running. 10 hurdles is 10 hurdles. So when I get to the track, my goal is to be the first one to the finish line and um, really just win the race. 
you know, I've talked to other people in track and field before, and they all have different type of motivations that get them through that finish line. Um, what, what are some of the things you're thinking about right before, right before the, you're, you're out of the blocks? Um, usually, usually when I'm locked in and I'm in the blocks and my mind is blank, um, especially uh, the two biggest races of my life, NCAA's outdoor and then uh, world championships outdoor and Doha. Um, my biggest goal was just, you know, have a free mind and, and, and enjoy the sport that you do. Um, I've been training my butt off for so many years now. And it's just, you know, take, take what, take, take, take your talents that God gave you and, and, and work your butt off and, and do the thing that you love. And that's running over 10 hurdles as fast as I can. This is a, um, you know, a great stage for you. And I always want to give the athletes a chance to talk about anybody who helped you get to this point. Um, want to, want to shout out any of your coaches or, oh, or definitely, definitely a uh, big shout out to both of my parents. Uh, another big shout out to God for giving me these, these great talents. Um, coach Holloway, uh, coach man, coach Peterson, Welty, Lemke, uh, one of the best track and field coaching staffs ever assembled. Um, you know, they, they all stuck by my side through thick and thin. And, um, it was just, you know, one of the things now where, um, we're going to continue to work together. We're going to continue to put all of our great minds in a pot and, um, we're going to continue to continue to dominate the world. I mean, that's the biggest goal especially going into the Olympics next year. Of course, everybody knows the coronavirus kind of postponed everything, but um, definitely we're, I'm, I'm going to keep, I'll continue to work my butt off. And um, when 2020, um, 2021 comes, I'll be ready to uh, compete for another, for another gold medal. Well, I believe you. That sounds like it. Hey, I know Florida always had your back. Um, and how about you give us a Gator chomp before we let you go? Go Gators, go Gators, go Gators. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. All right. Thank you, Grant. Good luck. Right. Thank you. Our next nominee uh, grew up in Arizona, but he headed to the uh, upper Midwest to play his hoops. It's Marcus Howard. Let's take a look at his video. Marcus Howard, basketball. A consensus first-team All-American, Marcus Howard leaves Marquette in better shape than he found it after manning the point guard position the last four years. He put the Golden Eagles on his back and twice led them to a March Madness berth during his time in Milwaukee. Maybe it's the 2,761 career points that's tops among all current college players. Or maybe the 32 times in his college career that he lit up a defense for 30 points or more with a high of 53. A pure scorer is hard to find, and Marcus next hopes a pro team agrees. He'll make himself available for the 2020 NBA draft. Ah, but first this young man has to graduate. Marcus will receive his degree in digital media this spring from Marquette University. So like a lot of college grads, Marcus, who couldn't be with us tonight, well, he had an interview, as in with some NBA teams. So we, of course, understand, and we wish Marcus the best of luck. Now, we also have another basketball player we want to send it to. She didn't have to go through the interview process so much because she was the number one pick in the WNBA draft. How about we look at the highlights from Sabrina Ionescu. Sabrina Ionescu, basketball. On one memorable day in February, Oregon point guard Sabrina Ionescu eulogized her friend, hoops legend Kobe Bryant by morning, then hopped a plane and by night set a career mark no male or female collegian had ever reached. 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 1,000 assists. So it figures that the only member of the 2K1K1K club piled up everyone's Player of the Year award and also led the Ducks to their first ever Final Four. 
With little left to prove, her magical collegiate career was punctuated emphatically. The New York Liberty selected her as the number one overall choice in the 2020 WNBA draft. Academically, Sabrina graduated from Oregon in three years with a degree in general social science. She's now pursuing a master's in advertising and brand responsibility. Okay, we head up to the uh, East Bay of California, Orinda. Let's say hello to Sabrina Ionescu. Hi, Sabrina. Tell me about some of the influences in your life, some of the coaches that, that really helped you get to this point. Um, I mean, I'd probably say my AAU coach and high school coach, Kelly Sopak, was a huge influence in my life. And then uh, leaving and going to Oregon, I'd say the entire coaching staff there from my head coach, Kelly Graves, to Mark Campbell, to um, Jody Berry and, and Chavi Lopez. They're huge influences in my life. And uh, I mean, great coaches and just great people. Uh, speaking about the U of O, was the fact that the uh, mascot was a duck an attractive part of it for you? Or did you just have to get over the hump on that one? I love ducks. So I thought it was cool showing up to games and, and having that big mascot chase you around. And so I'm a fan of the duck. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It is a lot of fun up there. Hey, uh, Sabrina, I happened to be at the um, Kobe Memorial. I was moved by a lot that went on that day, but I was in particular really moved at your words. And then, um, you know, later that day, you had to head up and, and play a big game in Stanford. I could imagine you were exhausted at the end of that day. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it wasn't easy. Um, flew in that uh, the night before and um, was able to just try and prepare and then get ready to get on stage and, and say, you know, a speech for the both of them. And then, you know, having to kind of, you know, change my mentality and get to that game, um, you know, against Stanford, against the top team wasn't easy, but I was able to, to rely on my teammates and my coaching staff to help me. And then, you know, being able to win and then go home and kind of relax was was nice. I'll bet. I'll bet. 2K, 1K, 1K. That's an impressive club to be part of, but kind of must be lonely. You're the only one there. That said, um, we hope to be back in New York next year for these Sullivan Awards. You're going to be there playing for the Liberty, uh, hoping that you'll jump over to the New York Athletic Club and join us for the ceremony. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, hopefully this all goes away and get back to living our lives and I'll be in New York. So I'll definitely stop by, hopefully. Hey, uh, you're the best. I really appreciate uh, you, you know, getting back at it and uh, finishing the interview with us. And um, maybe we'll see you at the end of the show. Thank you, Sabrina. Thank you very much. Okay. See Sabrina moving with the times. All right. Next up, we get to watch um, another video. This uh, quarterback two years, um, two years into college has made the Clemson Tiger faithful quite happy, highly touted player out of high school. And boy, is Clemson happy they got him. How about we take a look at Trevor Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence, football. In the long history of college football, which dates back to 1869, there may be no quarterback who's made a more impressive two-season debut than Clemson's Trevor Lawrence. He burst on the scene in 2018, starting and winning the final 11 games of the season and became the first ever true freshman to quarterback his team to the national championship. Trevor came back for his sophomore campaign and promptly won 14 more before Clemson came up short in the national title game against Louisiana State. So in two seasons, Lawrence has 25 wins in 26 starts while helping his club finish first and second in the nation. Statistics? 66 touchdown strikes and only 12 picks while completing two-thirds of his passes and running for nine more scores. Not a bad opening act for this talented young man. 
Lawrence now prepares for his junior season at Clemson, which he enters as a Heisman Trophy frontrunner. And after that, he has the nice choice of either declaring for the NFL draft or for just a little while longer enjoying his time on campus, where he's majoring in marketing. Okay. Trevor Lawrence, Cartersville, Georgia is his hometown. Let's see where we catch up with him. Uh, and let's bring him in. Hi, Trevor. Um, Trevor, uh, watching those highlights, uh, it looks like you like to run. You like to pass. W which do you like better? You like running for a long gain and kind of breaking the defense's heart that way? Or do you like slicing them up with the pass? Um, I'd say, I think as, as college has gone on, I've started to like passing more because you wake up less sore in the morning. <laughs> when you when you run it, but I always have loved when I can just use my legs. But um, I don't know, that's tough. But probably probably passing. Um, I I know it's it's tough to look ahead these days. You know we're we're faced with a tough situation. But I'm sure you're familiar with your schedule this next year. Is there any game on that schedule you uh, in particular look forward to? There's a few. We have a, we have a good schedule this year. I think probably Notre Dame we play. Um, in South Bend, that'll be that'll be really awesome. So I'm excited for that. It'll probably be cold. It'll be in November, but uh, that's going to be a really cool cool game to be a part of for sure. You got a lot of uh, you know college football has so many great traditions. The one in Clemson is everybody hits. I think it's called Howard's Rock as they go yes. down onto the field. Has, has there ever been like too much confusion around there? You haven't got a chance to touch the rock before you got down to the field. No, everyone makes it. You know, it's pretty important to us. We all touch it, but there has been a few people that that fall so it's, it's pretty funny i'll always show the video on monday if anyone fell on saturday so it's it's always we love seeing those videos i'm gonna bring up a couple names here doc blanchard 1945 army and uh tim tebow from florida 2007 and and you know why i brought up their two names i don't think so Not they sure. both won the heisman and the aau sullivan award so that's see that's a that's called a segue in in my business so what do you think about your chances for the Heisman next year? Man, it'd be awesome. Uh, obviously, as a kid, that's been, you know, one of my dreams. But I think, you know, for me, it's always been team first. So I'd much rather win a national championship. But hopefully those those go hand in hand. So that would be that'd be awesome. Trevor, I, um, I, I can't let you go too early before asking you. I don't know if you've seen any of my profile pictures, but I'm starting to let my hair grow in. And I wanted to see if you had any tips for me on hair care. Man, I, I don't know. Just keep... <laughs> yes. Okay. That's, that's what most people tell me. Hey, Trevor, uh, appreciate you. And I know you're doing great work out there in the community. So congratulations on that and, and best of luck tonight. Hey, thank you so much. Right on. Okay. Just getting some hair tips from Trevor Lawrence, whatever. All right. So I, Oh, we get to stay in the collegiate ranks. This is somebody who knows a little bit about being in college as in two NCAA titles that he's pinned. He's a wrestler. Spencer Lee from Iowa. Spencer Lee wrestling. Quite simply, Spencer Lee has dominated his weight class in collegiate wrestling for the Hawkeyes. His record the last three years, 18-0, 23-3, and 22-2. It adds up to a pair of national championships at 125 pounds, he missed out on a possible three-peat due to the coronavirus wiping out the end of his junior season. Spencer won the Hodge Trophy, which goes to the nation's top collegiate wrestler. Plus, he's a three-time All-American and three-time All-Big Ten performer. 
Spencer plans to head back to Iowa City for his senior year, chasing a third individual crown and an elusive team title for the Hawkeyes. He's on track to graduate in 2021 with a degree in sports and recreation management. I think we're going to find um, Spencer Lee in Iowa City. So why don't we hop on over there and see what Spencer's up to. How you doing? Hey, Spencer, how's it going? So I noticed you're coming strong with the uh, headphones. Is that kind of like wearing the, the wrestler headgear? You just game time? No, I I built a PC and I don't have uh, like speakers for it. So I needed headphones to listen to you. Oh, so you do more than wrestle? Uh, yeah, a little bit. But <laughs> wrestling's yeah. uh, mostly what I do. <laughs> right on. So they say that uh, I, I've heard that once you're a wrestler, everything in life is easier. Uh, is, is that is that true? Do you find that true? Uh, Dan Gable quoted that. Yeah, he said everything once you wrestled, everything in life is easy. And I like how you said that a little bit better. You know, once you've wrestled, everything in life is easier. So, I mean, I think it's just a, a tribute to how tough the sport is. And you know, we just use that work ethic towards everyday life. Um, you have a mad following. Um, I, I noticed on social media, people have come in strong for you. And I got to imagine that has to do with being an iconic um, program uh, like like Iowa is in wrestling. Yeah, I mean, University of Iowa is the uh, most historic, pro well, we're one of the most historic programs in uh, NCAA history. We have a great uh, following and, you know, we, the, we call it the Dan Gable era. We were so popular. We won, you know, 16 of our 23 national titles then and we had we have the best fans in the world. I mean, we averaged 12,500 fans for a wrestling dual meet, which is pretty crazy for, you know, for wrestling. Wow. It's not one of the, you know, the TV sports, I would say, but we're trying to get there. We're doing our best. Yeah, you are. Uh, and and after already winning your um, two NCAA titles, you're on track to win a, a third one, I, I believe, this year. How do you felt like you would have done? Well, I believe that, uh, you know, you got to believe that you can win no matter what, no matter who you are against anyone. I mean, I was 18 and zero. I'd beaten the two, three, and four, five, six, seven seeds. Um, and I was just ready to go. I was ready to go out and wrestle my hardest and have fun and represent my university the best I can. And then I was going to, you know, try to make the Olympic team and do that. But that was postponed a year. So this year's been kind of a lull, but, you know, as all of us athletes were doing the best we can. Absolutely. And bam, I get it. I could see it. I could see it. All right. We have, um, there's, I think, three wrestlers that have won um, <laughs> the AAU Sullivan Award in the past. None from Iowa. What would it be like if you if you took it home? Well, it would be an honor to be part of those guys. I mean, all three of them were Olympic gold medalists, and they're the you know John Smith is the best wrestler our sport's ever seen for America, six-time world champ, two Olympic, four world. You know, Rulon Gardner upset the best wrestler to ever live, and I mean, we, it's just a it's a group that uh, I would be an honor to be part of. Uh, maybe it's not my time yet, but you know, hopefully, it'd be awesome. Spencer, very much enjoyed spending a little time with you. Best of luck tonight. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. All right, we get an opportunity now to, um, we'll get to stay in the gym, but in, we're going to involve a ball now. So coming up here is our next guest uh, who led her women's volleyball team to the NCAA finals this past uh, fall from University of Wisconsin, Dana Retke. Dana Retke, volleyball. At six foot eight, Dana, Dana Redke is, is the tallest player in the history of Wisconsin volleyball, and she may be the best. A three-time All-American and the defending Big Ten Conference Player of the Year, she played her way onto Team USA, where in the summer of 2019, she was the youngest player on a squad that won the Volleyball Nations League and a coveted berth in the Tokyo Olympics. 
For her career, Dana is at or near the top in just about every UW statistical category. Kills, kills per set, total blocks, blocks per set, points, and points per set. She led the Badgers to three NCAA tournament appearances, highlighted by a run to the national championship match in 2019. For her efforts, Dana was named to the all-tournament team. As for school, she's on track to graduate, majoring in marketing with a certificate in education studies. Okay, uh, from Riverside, Illinois, that's where uh, Dana Retke calls home. I think that's where we're going. Let's go say hi to Dana. Hi, Dana. Hello, how are you? Very good. It, it was I right? Are you right outside of Chicago there? Yes, I am right now. Um, last year, I had an opportunity to be in Pittsburgh and watch you get to the finals of the NCAAs where where you lost to Stanford and Catherine Plummer. And I'm just wondering, do you think because she won the Sullivan Award, that gave them an advantage in the championship game? Maybe. I don't know. Um, they played a fantastic game. And um, just being at the Final Four um, for my first time and then the third time in school history for us at Wisconsin was just an amazing opportunity. And um, hope to be back there again next year. Just got to soak up all the fun and uh, be with my teammates. So, yeah, it was an awesome experience. I want to compliment you on your background right there. That's a, a few medals. Did you do you put any medals up there? Not for first place. Um, honestly, I don't know. To be honest, we <laughs> yeah. these are both me and my sister from a while ago. So nice. Okay. Hey, tell me a little bit about. I know you you spent time with the national team. What was the biggest adjustment going from NCAA to to the national level? Yeah. Um, the biggest adjustment I think going to play with the national team is just the speed of the game. Um, it's just a lot faster to pick up on a bunch of little cues that um, you don't necessarily have to do at um, the college level yet. Um, so it's something I've definitely been exposed to and been working on um, now and going forward. So yeah, it was an amazing experience. Um, definitely an honor to be on that team and to hopefully work with them in the future. So yeah. You know, in a, in a team sport like you're in, it's got to be particularly difficult to stay in shape and train for your sport. What do you, you know, during this during this era of quarantine, what, what do you do to stay in shape and, and how do you get your repetitions? Yeah, so right now um, I'm actually doing some at-home workouts in my living room with my sister, which has been really fun. Um, unfortunately, here in Chicago, it's been pretty rainy for the past four days. So um, haven't been able to do a whole lot outside um, but when it's nice, I definitely go outside and I'll just throw a ball up on the roof and work on some ball handling and also some hand contacts. Um, Cause you can always get better at that stuff and it's pretty easy to do. So that's what I'm doing right now. Nice. That's gotta, that's gotta bring you back to being a youngster when you, those are the kind of repetitions you had to get to catch up with everybody. Absolutely. Um, right. Hey, yeah. Dana, thanks for, thanks for being on best of luck tonight. It's a pleasure watching you play this, this past final four. Of course. Thank you so much. Well, I think we've gotten through uh, six of these outstanding athletes. We get a chance to step aside. This is the 90th AAU James E. Sullivan Awards. And it's presented by East Bay. Next person we get to meet, we'll go to, let's go back to Elisa Viejo, California. Um, and that's where we'll go meet Kyla. But first, we're going to get a chance to look at her highlight film. She was, um, she was part of the Fierce Five that took that medal at the 212 Olympic Games. Kyla Ross highlight video. Kyla Ross, gymnastics. An Olympic champion at 15, Kyla Ross was part of a U.S. gymnastics squad dubbed the Fierce Five, which won the team competition at the 2012 London Olympics. Next stop, UCLA, where Kyla set numerous records and won NCAA titles in every individual event. 
she became the first to deliver two gym slams in the same season. That is, at least two perfect tens in each discipline. During her time in Westwood, Kyla collected four individual national titles, and in 2018, she led the Bruins to their seventh NCAA team crown. And she's the only female gymnast in history to join this club. She can claim NCAA world and Olympic gold. Achievement carries over to her schoolwork as well. Kyla is finishing her degree in molecular cell and developmental biology. In her free time, she'll serve as a volunteer assistant coach for next year's team. Okay, let's head uh, south of where we are right here uh, into Orange County area. Lisa Viejo. Yep, that was where Catherine Plummer is from. Hi, Kyla. Yeah, me and Catherine actually uh, went to the same high school. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And my sister now, played high school volleyball with her, so it's kind of cool. Oh, that's real cool. Well, maybe that's some good luck for you. <laughs> um, Kyla, um, you won a gold medal at the age of 15. That's got to be overwhelming. And uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, who helped you and how did you keep all of that in perspective? Yeah, training for the Olympics was something that I'd always dreamed of uh, starting gymnastics at three years old. And um, luckily for me, I had really amazing coaches um, in Costa Mesa named Howie and Ginny. And I trained with them for 11 years in total. And they really just helped me get my gymnastics to where I needed it to be to make that Olympic team. Um, and of course my family, I wouldn't be where I am today without their support, their sacrifices and um, them just helping me along the way. It, the uh, 2012 medal team was known as the Fierce Five. Um, when I was a kid, I was a Los Angeles Rams fan and they had the Fearsome Foursome. I think a nickname can fire you up. Tell me a little bit about that side of being on a, uh, on a gymnastics team and, and being part of a team. Yeah, I think growing up in gymnastics, you're used to the individual side of it. I think so when you're going into a team competition like the Olympics, um, just having that support from the other girls was super special. And I think, like you said, just having that nickname, I think, helped us and feel kind of like we were uh, invincible going up and competing on that stage. You compete at um, UCLA and there's a tremendous legacy there. Valerie Condos is a legendary coach. And now you're playing uh, or you're competing under uh, Chris. I think it's Chris Waller. Um, can you tell me a little bit about um, both coaches? Yeah, coming into to UCLA, um, I'd heard so much about Ms. Val and being from SoCal, I grew up going to the UCLA meets. So it definitely was an honor to be coached by her and just not only to learn things inside the gym, I feel like I grew and learned so much outside of the gym. Um, and then transitioning this year into Chris, I think he's kind of like our team dad and um, we all kind of rally behind him and he rallies behind us. So it's been really cool to see him handle his first year at UCLA. There's been a lot of uh, gymnasts that have been nominated for the award, uh, three that have won. What would it mean to win the AAU Sullivan Award? Oh, it would be it would be a huge honor. I think just seeing the history of this award and all the amazing athletes that have won it and been nominated would be super cool to be among that class. Well, congratulations on your nomination. Best of luck to you tonight and thanks for being here. Thank you. Okay, next we get to um, we get to meet somebody who was the first person ever to win the Player of the Year Award at her position. She was a, a finalist for this award and that's a first as well. Let's uh, see our highlight video from Megan Taylor. Megan Taylor, lacrosse. Megan Taylor capped her legendary career at UMD, blazing a trail through her sport with a body of work that'll be tough to surpass. She became the first goalie to ever win the Tawaratun Award, given to the nation's top player. And she's also the first athlete from her sport to become a finalist for this honor, the AAU James E. Sullivan Award. 
But Megan might be more proud of her team's success. Twice she helped the Terrapins climb the biggest mountain and claim two national championships in her time in College Park. The Terps won 84 of 88 games with her in the nets as she posted a 5-12 save percentage and stopped 740 shots overall. Megan graduated from UMD with a degree in sociology and currently serves as a volunteer assistant at the U.S. Naval Academy. If I'm not mistaken, we're going to head to Maryland and say hello to Megan. Hi, Megan. Hi. Welcome. Um, so no goalie had won the Player of the Year award until you. Do you feel like your position is overlooked in the sport of lacrosse? Um, not exactly. I think just lacrosse in general is a team sport. So my team really helped me out, and I think they know that I won that because of them. What, what part of the sport or what do you love most about the sport of lacrosse? Oh, my gosh. Um, that's a hard one. I guess everything. I love the speed of it. I think it's growing. That's why it's so cool to be nominated to grow the sport. It's really fast. It's really exciting. Um, the shot clock kind of has a little um, bit of basketball in it. All these different sports combined. Um, just everything. I guess the team aspect and, like, the goalie aspect, the pressure of it. I like that. You've won two NCAA titles. It's it's fun to ask uh, NCAA champions when you knew at that moment that you won. Tell us a little bit about that feeling and celebrating with your teammates. Oh, cloud nine. I want to go back. It was so awesome. Um, I guess when that clock strikes zero both times, having the team run to you and dog pile, it's just an unbelievable feeling. And to be able to hold the trophy after all the hard work your team puts in, um, and that you put in, it's just really exciting. I don't know, cloud nine, couldn't ask for anything better. It's gotta be tough doing some training uh, during quarantine, again, on a team sport. Tell me what you're doing to stay in shape. A little bit of golf, um, just kind of taking aside a little bit. Um, we have a putting hole in our basement. So it's kind of just taking a little step back from lacrosse during this time and working on the mental game with golf. <laughs> That'll challenge you. That'll challenge yeah. you. What, what are you doing um, at the Naval Academy? Oh, yes. Um, I'm a volunteer assistant coach, and it's been an amazing experience. I can't say enough good things. Um, go Goats. Um, the Navy, <laughs> is just, they're such a welcoming group, and it's just been so awesome to help coach and get to share my love for the sport with these girls. Megan, it's been a pleasure having you. Congratulations on the nomination, and, and best of luck tonight. Thank you. Well, I, if I'm not mistaken, we'll go from the East Coast out to the West Coast. Our final guest can tell you a little bit about uh, success at a young age. Abby Whitesell, swimming. Let's look at her uh, highlight reel. Abby Whitesell, swimming. By the time she set foot on campus in Berkeley, Abby Weitzel was already a double Olympic medalist for Team USA, taking home from Brazil a gold and silver in the relays, plus a seventh and a twelfth in the 150 free. Once a Cal, she promptly added to her already golden resume. At the 2019 NCAA meet, Abby claimed four titles individually in the 50 free, plus she anchored three Bears relay teams to wins. And the honors kept adding up. Cal's most outstanding Cal's swimmer, Pac-12 Conference Swimmer of the Year, and recently the capper, the 2020 Award as the top female swimmer in the country. Abby is also the first woman in the world to ever go under 21 seconds in the 50-yard freestyle, posting a time of 2090. In the classroom, Abby is set to graduate from Cal in 2020 with a degree in public health. Abby Weitzel. Hi, Abby. Hi, how are you? Uh, are you up north? Are you up north? Yeah, I'm in Berkeley. 
Very good. Hey, so you're a gold medalist in Rio and then you win NCAAs. There, there's a lot that goes on in both. So give us um, a little perspective about being with an Olympic team and then being with a NCAA team and going back and forth between the two. Yeah. So I actually, um, you know, all I knew before, I didn't know what NCAAs was like. I went to the Olympics before I got to college. Um, I decided to defer my first year from Cal Berkeley in order to continue to train where I was for the 2016 Olympics. Um, and it ended up working out and I was able to come home with a gold and a silver medal um, and was able to final in one of my events and semifinal in my other. And it was an incredible experience. And coming into NCAAs, it was a completely different experience, but there's nothing like it. And it was so much fun. Um, I just finished my fourth year of NCAAs. Uh, unfortunately, didn't get to go due to uh, the pandemic going on. But yeah, it's totally different experience, but amazing, both of them, and wouldn't have changed it for anything. You know, um, you're also Missy Franklin uh, is uh, Cal Bear. She won an Olympic gold and an NCAA, and she won an AAU Sullivan Award. What would it mean for you to, and I think she was the Honda Sullivan, I mean, the Honda uh, Swimmer of the Year, which you also were. So what would it mean to um, also bag the AAU Sullivan Award? It would be such an honor, honestly. I mean, I would be following in the footsteps of so many incredible athletes, and a lot of them, um, you know, like you said, Missy Franklin um, there has won this award, and there were so many other Cal swimmers before me that are just legends, and so many athletes that have won this award. So just an incredible honor to even be nominated, and next to all the athletes with me tonight, um, it's just, it would be amazing. I've asked the other athletes what it's like training in this era of the quarantine. And uh, so we want to ask you as a swimmer, what, what, uh, what, what, what are the different parameters for you? <laughs> it's definitely a challenge. You don't have a pool that you can just get into most likely. So definitely just doing a lot of different dry land experiences, making up some on my own, doing some off the internet, you know, working on flexibility, yoga, um, anything I can get my hands on, you know, improvising with weights. So it's definitely hard. I uh, can't really touch like a ball or anything that uh, a lot of other sports can, but it's uh, it's a challenge. But, you know, it everything works out and everyone's in the same position. So looking forward to when I can get back in. And, um, <laughs> and best of luck tonight. Thank you so much. Man, we were moving along seamlessly, even without the NFL's equipment. Okay. We're going to get the chance to uh, step aside. This is the 90th, 90th annual AAU James E. Sullivan Awards. It's presented by East Bay. We all have a question. Who's going to win?
Well, we've taken you across the country to meet these 10 finalists, and it's clear, I hope, to you, as it is to me, that any of them would represent the award with great distinction. So at this time, we got to find out who won. Time to bring back in the AAU President and Chief Executive Officer, Roger Gowdy, and we also need to bring in the AAU Sullivan National Chair, Melissa Willis. Yes, this is very exciting, and as you can see by all of these athletes, it has been an unbelievable talent pool. Any one of these athletes could be our winner. All right. As I announce this um, in the envelope, for the third time in the history of the AAU James E. Sullivan Award, I'm excited to announce that we have co-winners this year. Uh, that's so rare, and this is one of those years with our talent pool uh, that we do have co-winners. So without further ado, for our first 90th AAU James E. Sullivan Award winner goes to Sabrina Inescu. Congratulations, Sabrina. Without further ado, my envelope looks a little bit different because I have the AAU shield on it. And the second and the co-winner of this uh, 90th AAU James E. Sullivan Award is Spencer Lee Men's Wrestling from the University of Iowa. Congratulations on uh, being one of the winners here for the uh, AAU James E. Sullivan Award. So if you can, share a couple words with us. Yeah, I mean, this is truly an honor. Um, I'm blessed to be in this position and blessed to be among such great athletes and, and people and, and try and follow in the footsteps of the past AAU Sullivan Award winners. So just wanting to say thank you to the University of Oregon, any, anyone that's been a part of, of my journey in the past and, and now and in the future. And, and also congrats to everyone that was up for this award. It, it's really inspirational to be able to be in a pool with, with these athletes. Sabrina, we have a duck down here, but it's not an Oregon duck uh, at, at Disney. We have Donald down here. So if you come down, <laughs> you can see Mickey and Donald. We'd love to have you and your family down. Okay? Yes, that, that, that's fine. That'll do. <laughs> Thank you. And we, we will get you your trophies. Uh, we will make arrangements either to represent them to you at your university, at a, a competition, or wherever you'd like. We will make arrangements that when all this other stuff settles down that we can get it to you and give you your due uh, celebration. We're moving over to Spencer. I've been to the University of Iowa. I uh, watched the Ohio State Buckeyes get beat at Kinnick Stadium. Uh, by the Hawkeyes. So I, I, I've been to your campus. It's a beautiful campus. And I'd love to come there and present the award to you if you'd so desire uh, the, the trophy to you. But for right now, we'd like to hear a few words from you. Uh, I mean, I just, I'm kind of shocked. I, I mean, I thought I was like, no, no chance. These are some incredible athletes. I just wanted to, you know, thank my family, teammates and coaches. And also to you, uh, Dr. Roger Goody and, you know, Melissa Willis for having this work continue on online. I mean, it's hard during these unprecedented times but, you know, just being among these athletes was kind of an honor. And, uh, I mean, I, I was—I thought I was just here for the ride, really. I mean, I haven't won Olympics or anything yet, but, you know, I plan on it. And, you know, only three other wrestlers have won this award. And just to be a part of this group is just incredible. Uh, I mean, we as amateur athletes, we love this. We do this for the sport and, you know, the fight and the passion instills upon us. And, I mean, I'm just honored to be uh, even – as a finalist, but to win was just, I, I mean, I did not expect that. Uh, I mean, I'm honored, I'm humbled. 
Well, you're both great athletes and great uh, people, and you're going to go a long way in life, be long beyond your athletics, because all 10 finalists this year are just quality people, as they always are. And we at the AAU are very proud to have you as the representatives for 2019 year as the AAU James E. Sullivan Award winner, co-winners. Uh, Thank you for being part of it. Thank all the finalists for being part of it. And I'll throw it back to Denny Lennon to close the show up. Right. Congratulations. Yep, you're still up. <laughs> hey, two winners, double the fun. I guess, yeah. Congratulations, you two. And um, maybe I'll either see you in Orlando or New York or who knows where else. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That'll do it from here in Los Thank Angeles. You. How fun is that? Only third time ever in the history of this 90-year event has that happened. And it happened right here, virtually. All right, want to thank all of my crew for all of the help today. It was um, it was a lot to get this off and running. And we're happy that you um, were here with us. So from Los Angeles, we'll sign off. We want to thank East Bay, the sponsor. This has been the 90th AAU James E. Sullivan Awards. I watch Toy Story with Danny Lennon. I know you are, but what am I? I'm a little Thanks for watching and listening. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is produced by Christine Jinbo and me, Marley Rice. Directed by Chris M. Alport with studio support from Alpha Command Unit and shot by bad boy Bobby McCall. Original music courtesy of Lennon Music Production and original images courtesy of Sienna Lennon Photography. A big thank you to all of our contributors. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is a production of Sports Stories, Inc. You can find us on audio platforms everywhere and the High School Narrative iOS app. You can also view Denny's shows on Roku, Apple TV, and Fire TV. Make sure to press that subscribe button, give us a review, leave a comment. It will really help us grow the show. Hey, you know what else would help us grow the show? Hustle on over to patreon.com slash Denny Lennon to get some never-before-seen videos, pictures, interviews, and more. We are all over social media and constantly sending out clips on Facebook, conducting fun polls on Twitter, going live on Instagram, and more. To find all our social media links, hustle on over to sportstoriesdl.com. SSDL proudly supports the My Stuff Bags Foundation and the Heroes Movement. The My Stuff Bags Foundation, with the help of thousands of people across the country, provides children in unfortunate situations with new belongings and new hope through its innovative My Stuff Bags program. Heroes Movement is a nonprofit that bridges the gap from therapy to getting strong again through small group workouts for any veteran of the United States Armed Forces for free. Links to how you can support and help these foundations can be found on our website. We want to give a big thank you to our partners of the show. So, as Coach Lennon would say, any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email me, Marley, at info at sportsstoriespodcast.com. Sports Stories thanks all of our followers and listeners. And we will, we will see, see you, you next, next time. time. Hey, thanks, Marley. Thanks, Chris. Kick it out, book. <laughs> yeah, kick it out. Sports Stories.